small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me today, first of all, we're recording live, we're recording in the studio, we're recording face-to-face, my guest is vaccinated, and uh, he hasn't been here for seven years. The last time he was here, 2014, we did an episode called Get the Funk Out, and I don't know why it's taken seven years, I've certainly seen him. Since then, many, many times. So, uh, but here he is. Uh, He's a comedian. He's an actor. He's a podcaster. He's a father. And he's a husband. He's a pet owner. Please welcome Ted Lyde. Ted, how are you doing? I'm good, Pat. How are you doing? I'm good. Was that a good, was the intro good enough? That was a, uh, the only thing is, uh, much like Prince changed his name to the artist formerly known as Prince, I refer to myself as what's left of Ted Lyde. What's left of Ted Lyde. Because let me tell you something, people. Everyone experienced COVID the past year, but this gentleman has had quite a couple of years. Yes. And we're going to hear a little bit about it. Today's episode is called, uh, the story of my life, uh, Ted Lied edition. We've done this before. Pilar did it. I did one. Uh, so, uh, so we're doing it. We're doing it right now. And Ted has picked all the songs and he's going to tell us why he picked those songs and how they relate to his life, past, present, hopefully future. <laughs> hopefully future. Hopefully. Uh, so Ted, uh, how do we even start? You had kidney cancer. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, is that where we start as far as health concerns go? Yeah, well, that's when things. That's when the wheels fell off at first. Okay. Uh, there's been various episodes where the wheels always <laughs> fall off, but the, the most catastrophic uh, wheel falling off scenario was uh, I was diagnosed with uh, kidney cancer in 2018. Okay. And then they watched and monitored for about a year to see if it was going to get bigger and grow and it, and it did and then in 2019 they they took the they took the kidney so they discover it in 2018 and they wait a whole year before they do anything because because it's a it's a catastrophic surgery it's a okay. it's a it's a life-changing surgery okay uh so they don't want to put people through that right if they don't if something changes for yeah, the that, better. That's the rule. My surgeon said with all surgeries, if they can put it off as long as they can postpone it, then that's what they always mm-hmm. do. Because once they cut you open, your life changes no matter, no matter what type of surgery it is, but especially when it, it involves a major organ. And so, and this, there was no, uh, there, what do I want to say? There's no choice here. Once they say we're going to do the surgery, you, I mean, I guess you could say, I don't want to have it. Yeah. And they, that was one option. They said, if you want to just continue to, uh, to, to let it stay and not, you know, do anything mm-hmm. about it, we'll continue to watch it. But the problem with that is if it explodes and becomes malignant, you know, it's more likely to happen while you're not, while you're letting it stew. And then there's nothing they can do then. Right. So that's the thing. Once it can seep into other organs and create more problems, if you, you know, if you let it linger, you don't know what it's going to do. Right. Okay. So they do the surgery, obviously successful because you're talking. Yeah. You're here today. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, my, my problem was that uh, I have hypertension, which is, you know, high blood pressure and uh, type 2 diabetes. So that, that pretty much made both the kidneys pretty weak to begin with. 
So my remaining kidney is, you know, has no integrity. It's just like a, it may as well be a gym shoe. So that you're saying the one that you still have isn't, yeah, yeah. isn't great either. Yeah. It may as well be a pop tart. It is, it is, it has no very they, little, very little function. But they can't take an, a second one out. You need to have it in there. No, well, if it's working at all, then you yes, you absolutely okay. want to keep it. So, and that's what it's doing. It's working uh, at all, very very little. So that means I have to go on to dialysis, which I've been on for two year, oh, over a year now. And you do this uh, just so people know. You do this every night for ten hours. There's two types. There's a hema a hema. Oh God! There's a, the blood version where you go in three times a week, sit in a chair, mm-hmm. and they basically clean your blood through a machine, pump your blood in and out of your body through a machine. And that's uh, then the other version is uh, peritoneal dialysis, which is when you do it at home with uh, with fluids, with a type of uh, lactose uh, type of what is it? I'm trying to say liquid. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's obviously more cost effective to do it at home, right, than to go in. Three times a, a week would it be uh, more expensive to do it that way. It'd, it'd be more time consuming. Yeah, there, there's advantages either way. There's advantages mm-hmm. and disadvantages with the with the uh, hemo version. You get a little, uh, you can get a little port on your arm, okay. and you can go swimming, and you can still do things because this port is water resistant. With what I have, which is a, a port in my that comes out of my abdomen. Uh, I can't swim. I'm not supposed to go in hot tubs. I'm supposed to stay out of water. Showers only, no baths. Okay. So I'm not supposed to let this uh, wound be submerged. Right. So uh, so that's kind of a disadvantage of what I do. But the advantage is that I get I I go home at night. I plug myself onto the machine at yeah. night, and in, in the morning I'm done. So you know that that and it's every night. Uh, to answer your question, it's every night. That, but the um, but your but your sleep isn't great because you haven't really got used no, to the it's noise. Like, yeah, it's it. Yeah, it's like having a you know another another wife because it it <laughs> it it it, 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 it tells you how you want you to lay during certain parts of mm-hmm. the procedure, and if you don't not laying the way it wants you to lay, it beeps. Yeah, which is you know you'll be in a deep sleep in a most comfortable position and then thing you'll a beep will enter your dream that's how it usually works yeah. you'll be dreaming and then there'll be you'll be talking to pat francis in your dream and all of a sudden pat will be just beeping i'm a robot like, yeah why, why i'm a sex robot <laughs> oh no oh no that's that's another <laughs> can of worms uh, so, but yeah but then the, the beep ultimately gotcha. will wake you up it works your way into the dream yeah, yeah. yeah. everyone has had that stuff happen um uh, so the hypertension and the the diabetes, is that is that genetic yes. or or it's genetic? My mom and dad had okay both. So no matter what you would have done, you 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 could have staved it off though maybe. Oh no, I could have absolutely staved it off by changing my entire uh, diet mm-hmm. and and exercise regime. If I had just you know if I had just been real strict about what I ate yeah. and laid off the sugar and laid off salt. Uh, but I didn't. I didn't. I hadn't. I'm like an alcoholic. Uh, you know, I still crave an alcoholic for those things. Yeah, I was. Yeah, okay. it was like an alcoholic when it came to those those uh, diet uh, restrictions. Yeah. I couldn't stop. I, I I still have trouble not having salty food or chips or things like yeah. that, which like, I, which I should avoid still. Well, I can remember when you would be here. You know, in the past, and we'd have a barbecue, and you'd be eating something, and uh, your wife, your lovely wife Jamie, would say. Ted, you're not supposed to be eating that. And you'd say, I'm at a barbecue. I say, I do what I want. First of all, <laughs> which is my saying, first of all, I do what I want. <laughs> For better or worse. If you're married, that is always the way to go. 
Trust me, if you want a winning tip. <laughs> I don't know if you should take Ted's marriage tips or not. He's still married. But Two only, kids, still married for a long time. But uh, I don't know if you take only his. Only because my wife is a saint. <laughs> as all wives are. <laughs> uh, so did the hypertension and the diabetes, did it lead to the kidney failure? No, it, well, no the can, the, it led to the kidney failure, but it didn't lead to the cancer. Cancer. The cancer that was, was just separate. something. Right. Okay. All right. I'm just trying to get. I want to get. And and people were were eight minutes in, and boy, are we just loaded with joy right now. So much, <laughs> so much fun. But I'm just laying the groundwork for for Ted Lied. But and then, um, but right now, how do you scale of one to ten? How do you feel right now? Uh, I'm I'm always at a really strong four. <laughs> are you? No, I'm laughing. But is that I'm that's it? Always at a really strong four. <laughs> All right. And every now and then I'll shift into a maybe a five, five and a half. All right. All right. That's, I mean, that's, um, look, you're still, you're still walking the earth. Exactly. So if it, do you, I would rather walk the earth at a 4.5 or a five <laughs> than not be. Yes. So, well, so that, you know me, there was a day, you know, when, when you couldn't, you know, I, I it was all roses for Ted Lyde. You couldn't, you know, I was a happy guy. Everything mm -hmm. was smooth and great, but then little by little things started, you know, go out my side. I was born with a special needs son mm -hmm. and then that became a, an adjustment and, and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, kind of a heartbreaking thing to, to learn to live with. And, right. And there's, you know, frustration and anger and all that that comes with that. So, so, I mean, there's, there's been, you know, one setback upon another setback. So for me to be at a solid four after the cards that have been dealt. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, my, my, you know, my friend, Sean, he is a, he is a, a special needs kid. I know a lot of people with special needs kids. And what's uh, interesting to me is whatever your special needs kid has. And there's always someone that has it way worse. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like Jackson, he's nonverbal. Yes. And he has a learning delay. Yes. Yeah. But he, he knows what we're saying. He yeah. can communicate in his way. He can, um, he can manipulate you in his way. Yeah. All those things. And he's, he's a smart, teenager. And he's, he's smart. Funny and he's uh, And he's gross because he's a teenager. Yeah. He's just a kind of, he can be a gross little pig. Right. And you just, that's the thing that becomes, when you get out of the woods with your kid, you know, on some ca uh, categories, you move out of the woods. Yeah. You're like, okay, well, that's, and, but then they become a disgusting teenager. Right, right. And then you, it's a whole nother forest right. of, you know, just not wanting to kill them because you're like, oh, right. wow, you're so, why do you have to make such a mess everywhere you go? Right. And just because I said that uh, there's always a family that has a kid that is worse off than than your kid, that's not to diminish all the hard work that no, it takes no. to do this. And that's the thing about Jackson being um, nonverbal is I think people who don't know him think that he that he isn't smart. No, that's that's always the first that's reaction. That's always the first reaction. He's, he's dumb or he's stupid. Or yeah. he, we can say whatever we want in front of him because he doesn't understand. Right, it. yeah. And he does, he understands. He knows, he has feelings, all that stuff. Yeah. He's a person. He just has, and what what is his thing, what is it called? Uh, if he, there is a name for he it, he has muscular ataxia, which is okay. uh, just basically a poor definition of his motor skills. His mm -hmm. fine motor skills are not uh, uh, do not connect to his brain in a way mm -hmm. that is is useful to him. So his tongue and his you know his um, fingers, his control of his fine motor skills of his hands mm -hmm. is not 
what he, what he should be and, and and his tongue he can't form you know the, words the way we do yeah the glottal yeah. control of his tongue is not there and that's why he always likes to come or go anywhere and swim yeah he likes to come here and swim because the water is like all around him and it makes him feel more steady is that correct i, I think in that, a way yeah, I mean, we I, don't know because we're not in his head but yeah that's but what I, I always felt i think that there's something about the water that that is comforting mm-hmm. and and uh i can't describe it either but but he he's always loved to he, go he loves pool. it yeah he loves it yeah and uh all right, so so we come to Pat's and Pat uh, is always welcoming. Then we come, we go in the pool. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm always well, I try to be welcoming to everybody. So after when Jackson comes, then it's uh, it's uh, it's just a, it's just a and I don't know how to not an it's a hurdle. It's yeah. not an obstacle. No, it's it's yeah. It's it's all those things. It's, it's a, all those things. It's a burden. It's uh, it's uh, all kids uh, are a burden. It's uh, it's more of a burden. <laughs> I know. It's when your kid can't tell you what's wrong. Right, right, right. Uh, at least your kid can say, "Hey, you know, something fell on me today." Uh, but uh, so yeah, it's it, it but it's a heartbreak is the biggest, mm-hmm. the biggest, uh, you know, obstacle is getting over the heartbreak of yeah. it. Yeah, and then you, and then even when when you have kids, uh, or even when you get a pet, you don't have the freedom. That you always had, but when you have a special needs kid, your freedom is sometimes even more diminished because there's you have to invest more hours and more time yeah. and more things. We've been lucky. We here we have a nanny that that has uh, been with the kids since they were she's, born. She's family. Yeah, yeah, she is, and she and so they still she still comes in. Uh, you know, I'm usually finishing up my uh, my therapy my dialysis in the morning she's been coming in in the morning just to take jackson to summer school that's how awesome she is they might be closer to her than you <laughs> i think you know what she's never she's never spanked or chastised my children she not none of them either one of them grace or jackson she she always talks to them mm-hmm. about how they should be behaving yeah and, it's amazing. She, yeah. You know, uh, she's never smacked them on the butt or anything. Some and people, I've, I've told her to. Some people are saints. I've told her. I said, you can, yeah. it's okay with us if you go ahead and give them a crack sometime. We're paying you to smack <laughs> them. It's, it's okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, and, and, then, and then recently, not, to jump, a, not jump back, I guess oh, is, you had a you had an incident. Um, because of the kidneys, I, I'm on a... I'm shipping on a very strict diet. Once again, it all comes back to Ted uh, struggling with what he puts in his mouth and yeah. what he swallows. And it's just that the stuff you like tastes so fucking good. It's what it's the way God wanted me to eat, and the, the devil is who's stopping me. Uh, yeah, so I was eat, I I overdosed on potassium, which means ultimately I ate too much food with potassium in it. Okay. So when you don't have a kidney, it's not there to uh, filter. The kidney's like a bouncer; it filters mm. out all the crap that you've ingested that you don't need it may let you urinate and get rid of a lot of right it. so when you don't have that uh you your body until you go on dialysis at the end of the day your body's storing up this stuff that you yeah, yeah, yeah you don't need it so potassium is one of those things that when you reach a certain amount of it which i didn't know which my doctors who i see every month once a month every month since i've had this happen over a year ago they always say you know, they do my draw my blood and they say, "Hey, watch this, watch this, watch your potassium." Watch. But they never say, "Hey, uh, too much of this will kill you." Right. Too much of the potassium, yeah. you'll go stop your heart. And that's what they need to say. That's they need to say. Yeah. They need to say, "Look, if yeah. you keep eating like this, 
it's gonna if it's you done. get too much of this it'll kill you yeah and and you know that that's ultimately what some that's all some people understand that's all some that's people. all some people and yeah you're right no it's true you you have to you have to know that the consequence is big yeah and then there's some people who that won't even that doesn't even bother either when you tell them it'll kill you like smokers i'm always amazed with all the evidence and proof of how bad smoking is well you know those people that will smoke through the hole in their neck yeah yeah. It's like wow. It's obvious this will kill you. Yeah, and it, but you, here you go. So, but I I wasn't aware that the potassium would kill me. So I took I took uh, I think one too many of my I miscounted my blood pressure medicine medication and had too much potassium that day and my heart stopped. So but the thing was that my I uh, I first started feeling sick and uh, feeling uh, like I was going to pass out and having trouble breathing. And I called my wife downstairs, and we quarreled about how best to get me to the hospital. We quarreled for at least 20 minutes. About and how did you think you should get there? She should drive me. She should get in the car and drive me to the hospital. <laughs> and she was like, I just, I disagree no, with you. No, I don't think we, I think we should call an ambulance. Yeah, no. ambulance is the way. No. And I'm like, God damn it, why can't you? Do you now admit that you were wrong? You, I, you, you never do anything I say. Why do we have to argue every time I say something? You say no. Just drive me to. Nothing. <laughs> she goes, Here she, if you can get to the car, if you can get to the car, I'll drive you to the hospital. And I try to get out of the chair. I'm sitting in, and I can't. I can't even stand up. How pissed are you that you can't get out of the chair and get uh, to the car? I was, I was so frustrated. Like, yeah, so and mad. She's standing there with that look on her face. You know, yeah, life and death, and she's grinning, and you're pissed. Yeah, you're yeah, you're an idiot. And so I said, fine, call call an ambulance. And then, I, why didn't you want the ambulance? Are you uh, is, are you self conscious about an ambulance coming to the house and I, taking you I, out? I, yes, and I've never been in an ambulance. I never needed an ambulance. Yeah. I'm a man, and yeah. That was the point of a wife if she can't drive you to the hospital. What's the point of any of this? Why did I marry you if you won't take me to the hospital? So, uh, but she, the thing was that she, the ambulance came. I coded in the, in, the, uh, in the ambulance for about two minutes and they revived me. So but, you're done. You're yeah, out. Yeah. Flatlined. Yes. Okay. And then they revived me and then they got me to Cedar Cyanide Emergency Room and I coded for six minutes there. That's a lot. That's a lot of. That's when brain damage of, yeah, can happen. They, they were they were betting on brain damage, and my wife after was after it was proven that I was okay. She said uh, there was just no room for any extra. There was no, <laughs> there's, no there's no extra room for any more brain damage. There's no room for more brain damage. And people listening, if I'm laughing, it's because he's in front of me and he's alive. So yeah. I can laugh. We can laugh after the fact. Well, I joke about it, and then uh, if you want to go to my podcast, which is uh, learning not to swear with Ted Lyde. And, uh, Should have been called learning not to eat salt. Learning not to learning how to act like a grown up. Uh, the ep, there's an episode called Ted Line, Ted Flatlines. Ted goes flatline, and that's me and Jamie discussing the entire event from so you, soup to nuts. So you'll get you'll get super details in that. And and if you're wondering about you know Pat laughing, Jamie and I are hilarious while we talk about it. It was it when it wasn't funny. It was this horrifying, terrifying event, but. You know, looking back at it, there's there's some definitely some humorous. If there, if you can't find any humor and stuff, yeah. then what's the point? Okay, so look to here, answer your question. Yes, uh, yes, I admit I was wrong. I absolutely admit I was wrong. All right, now absolutely, I'm not going to continue with that because you can you can jump out here and go to Ted's podcast and hear a lot of detail. So why would I keep going with this when you can go there and get it from Ted and the people that experienced everything? I will ask you this though: 
Are you on a kidney donor list? Uh, yes. I, uh, UCLA is the premier kidney foundation mm. in, in Los Angeles. So I'm on, UCLA has put me on the donor list. Maybe George Lopez's wife would give you her other kidney. <laughs> She's already helped one comedian. Out. And then he divorced her. And after he divorced that. her. What a dick. That's amazing. Uh, that's unbelievable. Amazing. Hopefully she got tons of his money. Yeah. Yeah. yeah hopefully. Hopefully. Um, so can, can anyone just give you a kidney? Like if I said, oh, I'm a match. I, you want my kidney? Can I? Can that happen? Can people just do that? Uh, I believe there has to be certain criteria that that, that makes it the donor uh, uh, available. Makes them. Uh, I can't think of any of my words right now, but I think there's criteria that has to be met. You know, with each with each kidney. Okay, but I mean, but someone can just offer one up to you. You can offer one, but, but if there's not, a, there, you know, if it's it not a match, match then, yeah. then yeah. Okay, but if it is, then fine. Yeah, I've had a couple people say, I want to give you my kidney. Who is that? Who are these people? Who uh, are these good-hearted people? They are people who, who I love, and I don't want to mention any names, but they're, they're, they're good people. My problem is that with both of them, they both have enough issue, issues of their own. You might not be getting a good... It's like buying a used car. <laughs> get, a, just, get a used kidney. Well, I just know that you you know this particular person is struggling in his own mm. way, yeah. and so the burden of losing a kidney might be the thing that pushes them over the edge. Yeah, I get it. So, I get it. You know, you want it to be somebody who you you look at and go, you know, you don't have too much on your plate. I don't, you know, what I mean, you don't want to add. Yeah, you want to get you want to get someone that has two Cadillac kidneys in there. There you go. Get and it. whose life is in order, and they're not right, hanging right. on by a thread. I would. Right. I'm hanging on by a thread. So the last thing I'm going to do is take a kidney from somebody else who's hanging, hanging on, on by a thread. thread. <laughs> Good call. All right. So Ted, you sent me. Uh, you sent me. Uh, I think I got 15, 16, 17 songs here, and. Great song choices. Oh, thank you. Excellent. I am excited to hear uh, and a lot of old school stuff, which is cool. And I'm excited to hear how these songs relate uh, to your life. Do you have your list in front of you? Uh, I have it on my phone. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Or are they, and when you sent them, were these in the order we're going to play them? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. And I, 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 uh, I know them all, you know, by heart because they're from. They all are from my memory, which See? is shot because of because uh, you died for six minutes. <laughs> which is yeah. Which is <laughs> where did born and raised? Let's start there. From Akron, Ohio, born uh, in Akron, Ohio, uh, in the in nineteen sixty. Uh, uh, my mother and father were married, and then they were actually in the process of divorcing when my mother gave birth to me. They were literally. On the on the uh, outs. Okay. When I was born, so you were I, the cause of the divorce. So my father wasn't even there when I was born. That, that's no, that's, that's how, sad. That's a bad breakup, isn't it? That's rough. Yeah, yeah. you won't, can't even uh, keep you know keep it together for the birth of his son. Yeah. Which just, which kid were you for him? How many? Uh, I, my I have a sister who was first, so my sister was was there. Yeah, I think he had one other daughter from okay. another da some previous dalliance. I don't okay. think he ever married her mother. All right. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So the first song is uh, uh, being raised by a single mom. Uh, this music, this song played a lot. My mom listened to a lot of gospel. Church going woman. Yes. Yes. Very much. And, so. then, and then you had to go to church also. We were at church uh, about three times a week. We would be at church. How'd that pan out? Do you go to church now? Oh, I, we went for a couple of years with our kids because we wanted. Oh, them that's to, yeah to put give a little uh, groundwork. Uh, they were baptized in a in a Baptist church, and and we went for you know about two years, and then politics started to 
seep into the to the church. And it tapered off then. Yeah, yeah. You start talking to people, and they're like Trump supporters, and you're like, okay, this is not the church where you know what I mean where That's, we belong. Yeah. All right. So this song is by Mahalia Jackson. Yeah. And it's wa- uh, walking. I almost said waking. Walking in Jerusalem. Walking in Jerusalem. My mom used to rock this song. And you can just get the scene of church right in your head. It, you it, immediately know what's going on. It is, uh, it is absolutely the Baptist vibe, uh, soup to nuts. Mahalia Jackson's a wonderful, wonderful voice and and so large. I mean, she, my mom would play these songs pretty loud, and you can hear them all through the ho- all through the house. And uh, you know, when you're a kid. And you know, someone is singing so vehemently and so yeah. passionately. It's it's a little overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. It's a little daunting. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but but we always we always loved to hear it. And uh, there was like a couple other five uh, five blind boys was another album she would play a lot. It was a uh, you know southern gospel. Mm, yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah. Which when I was a kid, that was another fascinating thing. I would look at the album cover and go, "There's you know, it's five black." Blind men, yeah, singing and, and they're about together Jesus. in a group. Yeah, and singing about Jesus is like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. To It'd me. be like if a new edition and they're all blind. Yeah, that'd be that would. And be. they still want to praise the Lord instead of being like, this is some bullshit. Yeah, which is, is, what, what'd you do to us? <laughs> Thanks a lot, God. I'd rather not have the singing voice and have my <laughs> eyesight. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'd rather. Yeah, but, but I'm going to praise you. Instead. That's interesting. I wonder if they would rather have their sight than that singing voice. I, you know, they might not. Even as a kid, I was like, it, was, it raised a lot of questions. Yeah, about, I, I would. I would say it would about faith and and gratitude and you know. Yeah. Well, I mean. You can always say, "How's there a God if we're if we have this and uh, this yeah. and that and yeah. homeless encampments that are getting larger and larger everywhere?" And it's just uh, it's sad because I don't even know what to do about it. And I don't mean I don't mean what to do, uh, you know, scoop them up and get them out of my city. I mean, how do you help these people? Yeah, Joe, Jamie, and I've talked about that too. Yeah, we we have don't know how to lots do. of different. I her my solution is unacceptable to her and my daughter so i know it must be bad <laughs> all right keep that one to yourself so uh single mom uh your dad and mom get divorced right when you're born then is he in your life uh barely you know my dad uh he divorced my mom and then he married a woman across town okay uh with two kids of her own from another marriage which is uh it's that's something that's not in the black male handbook at all yeah. He was a, he was an innovator. He was blazing new trails. And then, then was he uh was he then a hands-on dad with these kids? Barely. Barely. Right. Yeah. Cuz that would have been sad if he went there with these kids that aren't his blood and uh, was like great to them and not nice to that, you. It's something that white guys do, the black guys normally as a rule <laughs> don't leave the leave their two born natural born children to go raise some other guys kids. Well, it's it's just not done. Uh, I you're saying it's a black and white thing. I'm just saying that's that's just a dickheaded thing to do. 
to leave you. Well, peace. you could say that, but I also say you'll that say something cul- Culturally speaking, okay. when a black man leaves, you can his, say it. When a black man leaves his family, he leaves it to go do something else, to go be in a different scenario. He doesn't say, uh, "My kids kind of suck." Hey, let me go raise these guys' kids. Yeah, he didn't even know if you sucked yet. You were brand new. I was brand new. Who knew? He didn't know. I don't know, but that's what he did. So, so he married this woman, and you know she's a beautiful woman, and uh, you know, but she she was you know she was kind of the classic stepmother. She wasn't really interested in in uh, his children yeah. from another marriage, and then so neither was he really. So you know, every now and then we'd have to go on like on the summer times. We have my mom would be need a break, and she would take us there to stay for a week. Yeah. And it was just yeah. was that week hell. Yeah, yeah, because the kids, his his the new kids that he adopted from this other woman yeah. who were just you know they were not well behaved and very kind kids. They would fight each other and try to you know fight us and, and <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, we didn't come from a house where we hit each other, beat each other up. We came from a house where we went to church three yeah, times. Yeah, listen to Mahalia Jackson. Yeah, and we go in there. They my him and his wife would go golf for a weekend. And leave us there with peanut butter and bologna and oh my god! And it would be like uh, Hunger Games. Everybody would just start <laughs> trying to kill each other. All right, yeah, all right. It was crazy. Now this next song, I know this song, and listening to it again was a joy because I haven't heard this song in such a long time. Which one? Which one? I got Dion Warwick. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So this That's, song. Uh, what is it? Is it Walk On By? Walk On By. Yeah, yeah. That was another one of my mom. Most of these first first few songs are my, from my mom's house. Okay. She was, and she was a, obviously if a If it wasn't Warwick. gospel, it was Dion Warwick and Aretha Franklin. Well, and we got both of them coming up. Dion's voice is so amazing on this song. If you see me walking down the street And I start to cry Each time we meet Walk on by Walk on by Make believe That you don't see the tears Just let me grieve In private Cause each time I see you I break down and cry Walk on by It's great. Yeah, it Sounds is beautiful. so good. How about how far the recording techniques came from the first song we heard to this? It's yeah. like, this is like so pristine. Yeah, it, it's an amazing, uh, the whole album was amazing. My, my mom, you know, uh, that was her version of the blues, you know. Mm-hmm. That was about as blue as she would get when it came to music. But, uh, you know, you can hear how uh, she was, my mom was like 21 when all that happened to her, you know, when he left. So you can see you know, right there when... When I was just thinking of your mom singing and, and to these songs and stuff, I was thinking, and I don't know, like I had like a 50-year-old woman in my head. And that doesn't make sense because a 50-year-old woman doesn't just have a newborn. But your mom's 21 years old, so now my picture is completely different now. Yeah. She was heartbroken, man. Yeah. She was heartbroken. She was, you know, she, he left her and, uh, and then not only left her, but left her for another woman yeah. just to, you know... Uh, less than a bus ride away did she find love again no no my mom was a pill she was a pill she came from a a kind of a broken Mm. you know alcoholic father and a a passive mother and so she she you know she was a pill she was 
Yeah, she was. I'm not saying she was easy to please, but these are questions you ask yourself before you start having kids with a woman. At least that's my philosophy. Right. You 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 know you do a little math, and then you say, <laughs> I don't think this is going to be a good woman to breed with. Yeah. And you just move on, and without you know saddling her with two kids to take care of, and you know kicking rocks. So uh, so she was heartbroken and and pretty sad for a while, and. So if it wasn't, you know, if she wasn't relying on Jesus, she was listening to Dionne Warwick, Why, Why, Why songs. And you guys had a stereo at home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we so, were a record player. And so your mom would go out and buy records. Or she would get them from, uh, you know, she had uh, cousins and whatnot they would, who would, yeah, lo- and they would get her records or loan her records. Yeah, That's excellent. I love I love that. Uh, yeah, because we had the big giant console with the, the sta- my parents would stack the albums and they would. Yeah, we had a little the little record player, little tiny one, but it fold it folded in and out of itself. It's all you need. Yeah, it's really all you two, need. Two speakers here, and then it, the turntable would fold up yeah. and down. And it sounds like your mom would crank that thing to ten. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. So, what's your Aretha Franklin song? Uh, my Aretha Franklin song is uh, I say a little prayer for you, which was. Uh, also recorded by Dionne Warwick, yeah. but uh, I think that you can hear the difference in the just in the styles of uh, interpretation. For sure, <laughs> Dionne is always very refined and and you know very very refined and pristine. And Aretha, and, uh, Aretha she lets, lets it, it go. Yeah, cuts loose. that Aretha Franklin biopic is good. Uh, you know what? I think it should be. I really yeah. uh, Jennifer Hudson's great. Yeah, Jennifer Hudson is is the closest match, I think. Yeah. Sometimes they make these biopics too slick. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh so I hope it's not too slick. I would love to see a Stevie Wonder biopic. You know, they're saying there's Yeah, how come you know, there isn't a Stevie Wonder biopic? I would love biopic? to see that. Stevie Wonder's amazing. Yeah, like you said that, and in my head for a second, I'm like, isn't there one? But no, there's not. There's Ray Charles. I was, uh, here's something you can find on Facebook if you want to laugh. Okay. Uh, I showed it to Jamie this morning. There is a clip of Cher from the Cher show Okay. back in the 70s singing a medley of Stevie Wonder songs with the Osmond brothers. (laughs) It is the most (laughs) wretched, (laughs) terrifying Anger, anger-inducing piece of television. If you want to just watch it and so just shake your head and go, "Wow, what the hell is this?" So they're sitting around in the writers' room and they're deciding, "What are you going to do with the Osmonds next week?" And it, and a Stevie Wonder medley comes out. Why don't they do a Stevie yeah. Wonder medley and have Stevie Wonder? Stevie on Wonder it? come do it, it and do it, it with is Cher. Like mayonnaise on ribs is what it's like. It's, <laughs> it's, it's yeah, just I mean, bad. It's I mean, Cher Cher's a good singer, but it's hard to shake the uh, the whiteness of the Osmonds. Oh, there, yeah, it, that's the mayonnaise. You just can't. There's no reason to even put mayonnaise on it on this. <laughs> what are you doing? It's so bad. What uh, uh, What was your mom's profession as a 21 year old single mom? She was a nurse's aide for a long time. All right, 
she went from nurse's aid. She did some housekeeping for a while, mm-hmm. where she would uh, go out to the suburbs and and clean clean houses and mop floors. And uh, yeah, those are like her two main professions. And then did she keep the house your house clean also? Because I know sometimes if your job is electrician, then you go to that electrician's house. And all the electrical is a mess because he doesn't want to work. You know what I mean? No. Like no. if this is what you do is is your job. Yeah. No. Me and my sister. Oh, you and your sister kept it clean. Well, our job was to mop and sweep. Okay. And dust and mop and sweep. So that your or, mom didn't have to do that because she's been doing it all day. Or well, that's one way of putting it. Another way of putting it is <laughs> she didn't do it, uh, and we did so she wouldn't kill us because she was. One of those moms when All it right. came to what do what doing what I said, you know what I mean. That, that's that's the thing with our children. Jamie and I talk about it all the time. My kids do very little chores around the house, and yeah, and, and that's and, our fault though. Yeah, it is absolutely, and we don't make them do them. We and and so the thing that I've complained about to my daughter is that you know is that I don't mind that you don't do much, but when you walk past something that you could see that yes. needs to be done, they don't, why don't notice you just it. Do it? They don't she notice goes, I don't, it. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. They're mm-hmm. not looking for it. <laughs> what we do with Rita now is because Rita does not keep her room that clean. Clothes all over the floor, every pair of shoes out. So if she's going to go with friends, you know, oh, I'm going over to so-and-so's house at five o'clock. I just say, well, you, you can't go until the room's clean. Same here. And then they do it. Same here. Yeah. But that's like the tiniest consequence you could ever give. Them. No, it's nothing compared to, nothing. The, to the beat down you, would get <laughs> you you and I would get while Mahalia Jackson was playing. You'd be and you're like, Mom, you isn't that get, Christian music? Why are you hitting oh, me? Jesus wants me to whoop that ass. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's in the Bible. Uh, the um, and the dish like I'll say I'll ask one of the kids to empty the dishwasher, and they'll say, "Can I do it later?" No, I want it done right now because now there's dishes in the sink. Yeah. Yeah. And they need to go in the dishwasher. No. So yeah. empty it. My kids won't. Yeah. My kids, are, they're the worst. Did they, did they get it? Now, Grace is how old right now? She's 20. 20. She, so she, she's in college. She doesn't get an allowance. But mm-hmm. did the kids get like an allowance at some point? No. There's been no cash incentives in our house. I mean, every now and then I, she gets money. Every now and then I just, if I have some extra money in my pocket, I'll call her in the room and give it to her. I just hand it to her. Yeah. There's no ceremony. but And, and then she said, and now she thinks, are you... Are you dying? Is that why you no. gave me this money? <laughs> Her whole life, since she was little, there was never any scheduled allowance. Yeah. But she, I would put money in her hand as often as if I If she was going to do something, you guys would. Yeah, or even, not even not. Sometimes if, you know, if I had to happen to go through my pocket, there was an extra $5. Just give it to her. I would just say grace and give it to her, you know, so. Gotcha. Yeah, Rita gets $20 a week, and I couldn't tell you what she does to earn that. <laughs> but she has a job. She has a job now. So oh, she's got a gig. She's working at Journeys in the mall. It's a shoe store. Okay, cool. And uh, and she and she is babysitting this kid Henry, which okay. she did last night. Okay. And she says that they overpay her because she made like sixty five bucks for four hours. Wow, that is a lot. And I go, just take it. If that's what they're getting, I go that. I go the kid's their most prized possession. He's an only kid. I go, so you're you're worth fifteen dollars an hour to make sure he doesn't hurt himself. We have a. There's a girl down the street named Birdie, and she'll come in and watch Jackson. And we pay, we pay her. We don't. I don't think it's an overpay because every time she's come, it's been like the last minute. Yeah. Which so when it's the last minute, I'm all, I'm happy to give you money because right. you were doing nothing two minutes ago. And now you're at my now house. you're making money. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're grateful. Yeah. To have someone watch our kids that we can trust. That's not going to be you know 
mistreating the kid or the house. Right. Exactly. No, yeah. it's hard. It, yeah, you find those things. It's uh, it's it's good. All right, song number four. We got James Brown. Yes. How's this, how's this, what? How's this relate to Ted's this life? Was, this was the rowdiest song that my mother, my ra- the rowdiest artist that my mother would ever play in the house was James Brown. Every now and then there'd be some James Brown. She would play it, and uh, she took me to see James Brown live. Wow! How I old were you? Jay, I was maybe seven. That must have been incredible. Yeah, I was maybe seven, and we were at the Akron Civic Theater, and we were up in the balcony, and right on the edge of the balcony there, and. Uh, yeah, I was just, it just blew my mind. He's just there's so much energy and so much just, you know, they would do this thing where he would sing like a song and then he would have like a breakdown. Yes. He would have this breakdown and fall down and and then they would come and put a cape over his shoulder. Yeah. And like, and like walk, fan him, a fan try to wake him walk up. him to the edge of the stage. They would walk him to the edge of the stage and he would shake that cape off and run back across and slide, grab the mic and slide across the stage on his knees and start screaming and singing. <laughs> and it was just so, so dra- good. It was so dramatic. And so for a kid, so dramatic and over the top that it was just spellbinding. Yeah. And you probably thought, is he having a breakdown? He yeah. might really be having a breakdown. You don't realize if you're a kid that he's, it's an act. It's you an think act. He's, he's, he does, oh, his, his trumpet player, you know, hates it when he gets this way. Look, he's carrying, he's trying to go get him to a sofa to sit out. So, oh, James, no, he can't. He can't stop. It's amazing. I think, I think that's amazing and cool that your mom would take you to a concert and she yeah. would go to a show. Yeah, I don't know how she got tickets or how that played out, but uh, I was the winner. My sister didn't go. It was just me. That's cool. Man. All right. Very cool. Papa's got a brand new bag from the top, I believe. Yeah. I don't even know if I know what that song means. It, it was hard to pick a James Brown song because he has so many, and the hooks are so uh, that each each hook is just has its own value. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that oh yeah, ding, and then like boom bah. with the horns. Yeah, it's, it, it's everyone knows that. Yeah, uh, well, Papa has a brand new band. It means that he's found something else. He's found something different. He's found something other than. So your that's what your dad did. He, in in a he, way, he, yeah, that would be the, that would be a definition of Papa finding a brand, brand new bag. bag. All right. Yeah. So in a, in a way, we're calling your stepmother a bag. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> a bag is a euphemism for uh, activity. Yeah. Are or 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 your folks are still with us? Yeah. No, they both passed. They both passed. Uh, my father's been gone about. Uh, ten years, and mm-hmm. my mom's been gone about two, three. Did you get uh, Did you get closer to your dad as you got older, or as you had some success in uh, acting and things like that? He, he was he... more. Uh, he was more attentive. He became more attentive to uh, about me, which is kind of bullshit. Because then it's that thing. Oh, that's my boy. Yeah, my boy's on, uh, on TV. TV. I'm on, he's on TV. That's him. That's oh, my that's son. My, that's my TV. son. I'm proud of him. Really? Yeah. yeah. But before that, I was, you know. Uh, persona non grata, but and then, uh, but when he was proud of you, then and came around, you you ex- you accepted it, or were you a little? Because uh, I think I would just be p- 
pissed. I think I would just be like, no. Yeah, I, well, I wouldn't say I was pissed. I, I was, you know, he would show up at comedy clubs where I was working and, you know, tell everybody there that he was my dad. He's my dad, and get a free drink and you know, <laughs> right and schmooze, you know, and from that and that, you know, and I was like, okay, fine, I'm okay. not going to take that from you. If, yeah, if that's what you, you need. Know, if, yeah, if this is what it, you know, I know my whole life you would have preferred that I was an athlete. That's mm-hmm. what he really wanted all of his sons to be as, mm-hmm. as football players and basketball players, which I was not. I cannot. Um, it's not everyone's not an athlete. Yeah, uh, not at all. So, uh, so yeah, he showed up at the end before he died and was, you know, slapping me on the back a bit. And I was, you know, I, I'm, I'm not to be the type of guy to be bitter or confrontational. Mm-hmm. You know, I just yeah. it, when I really became angry with him was when I had kids because. It became so clear to me how easy it is to please a child, mm-hmm. how easy it is to make a child feel important right. and feel loved. It's it's the easiest trick you can pull. So communication, kid. yeah, it's the easiest. Don't thing. break a promise. It's it just easy. be present and yeah, say good, listen. good job every now and then. Yeah, you know my kids are you know they're thrilled. It, it takes two minutes for me to thrill them and make them feel important. Right. Yeah, it's easy. Yeah, so that's when you realize what an asshole your, your you know, your yeah. mom or dad is when you realize they managed to withhold that simple task. Yeah, somehow. I mean, there's a ton of parenting stuff that's difficult, but just making them happy on a simple level—that's yeah. easy. Yeah, so that's when I'm. That was the when I had kids was when I I was never really mad at them. Yeah, you know, I kind of rationalized this bullshit. Yeah, but then when I had kids, I was like, "You're a dick, man." Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks for nothing. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the temptations. Oh yeah. Now this is more so when I would go to visit my dad. Okay. Cause my mom didn't have a lot of tem- temptations stuff. My dad had pretty much all the temptations records. And, um, your dad's biggest temptation was that new wife. <laughs> he, he, he was a big temptation fan, which turned me into a big temptation fan. And this is, this is a song everyone knows. My girl. Yeah. Yeah, man. So the temptations were just, uh, they were just huge. Me and my brothers uh, would listen to them and and try to sing like them and be like them and uh, dance. Dance, yeah. Yeah, they they were just, they were like the first comfort food group that uh, that I, you know, remember uh, from my youth of just listening to them and being kind of just comfortable because it wasn't, it was the first music that I, I identified with directly. You, you found this music. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, I identify with it rather than the music, you know, being a symbol of my mom. Right. That's good. Yeah. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. 
Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Um, what was my next question for you? I forget. Um, next song, The Fifth Dimension. Yeah, now this song is, is uh, my mom bought me a transistor radio. So most of the songs from here on out were songs that I would listen to on my transistor radio that n- none of my parents or no one else would listen to, really. It was just stuff that I discovered. And back then, the transistor radio. It's magical. Yeah, yeah. when you're when you're like eight or nine. And uh, there was everything was just AM radio. There was mm-hmm. no there was no FM. It was, FM was talk radio and yep. traffic. And uh, and so I would be at late at night, and I shared a bedroom with my brother Troy, and me and him would just sit there and change Loop from radio dial. station from dial to dial, and up until past our bedtime mm-hmm. listening to music. And this is one of the early songs I remember listening to, and being intrigued by because it tells a story. It's not it's a very unusual lyric. You know, and when you're a kid, you know, it kind of opened the door for songs with a narrative, you know, which which I think kind of was already set with Walk On By and Say A Little Prayer. Those songs have really strong narratives about, you know, love and romance. And so, but this is the song that really, because this is like the most literal breakup song. You know, if you had to pick literal breakup songs, this is probably at the top of the list. So this is One Less Bell to Answer by The Fifth Dimension. One less bell to answer One less egg to fry One less man to pick up remember hearing the song and being you ever see a dog when he he, he hears an odd whistle or an odd sound mm-hmm. on his head cocks yeah yeah and he just doesn't understand what he's hearing what did you just say one less egg to fry is that what <laughs> hmm? <laughs> yeah how is this in a song how who wrote a song about one less egg to fry <laughs> what the hell has happened to this poor woman uh and it just, I just, it was riveting from that moment on when they say one less egg to fry. It just, I was hypnotized. Yeah, it's such a simple, it just, is, it tells the whole story with that uh, couple of words. Yeah. Um, and that's Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis Jr. right the there fifth in the dimension. Fifth dimension. I, and I remember finally seeing them on like the Merv Griffin show and she resembles my mom. My mom looked like Marilyn McCoo. Uh, and so I was just even more fascinated yeah. with this beautiful woman. She looked like my mom and... And uh, there's just something kind of funny and gut-wrenching about that lyric, you know? Yeah. Those two are still together. They just uh, they yeah. just played a couple nights ago out here. Really? Yeah. 
Well, yeah, they were they they went on to have like a TV show, a yeah. variety show. They were popular. They were popular, and they left the other three dimensions. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. Tony Orlando did it with Don. He was he had to leave them after a while too. Yep. And what did Don do? I think no. I think the one the one woman in Don is an actress. She gets a lot of work. Okay. I forget what her name is. Uh, so Chuck Berry, this guy's not a great dude. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know any of that when I was a kid. You I know, know. He, I, I, I didn't I know, know that he was a you know kind of a womanizer and a, a bit of a brute and a drunkard. But you know, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't he wouldn't go on until he got paid. He got paid first. Yeah, because he probably got screwed a lot of times. He's like, that's not going to happen anymore. But again, when I would listen to the radio, yeah, uh, he, you know his guitar work and you know the just the just this driving. Like rambunctious yeah. music that is so rowdy that it, you know it's addictive. It's, yeah. it's good music. Look, I'm not an Elvis fan either, so I'm never like one of those people that like Elvis invented rock and roll. I don't. That's not. I don't believe that at all. I think it's Little Richard and Chuck Berry. Yeah, and and I'm not that hard people. on Elvis, but I don't. I don't give him the hard rating that most most people do, especially most black men. I, I when I discovered Elvis, I was. It's like the monkeys or anything else that you can see the trick. Mm-hmm. You can see he's doing a trick. It's a trick. It's not, you know what I mean? He's winking his, he's, if you watch some of the Elvis, perform, some of the uh, Ed Sullivan performances, you can see that he's, it's a gag. It's like he's in on it. It's totally a gag. When he w- wiggles his whips, his mm-hmm. hips, and, and does his eyebrow on his lip, he knows he's doing a thing and and the fact that you're buying it and the women are screaming is why if you could get away with that crap and make a million dollars yes absolutely <laughs> absolutely so i've i've never been mad at elvis never all right well this is a guy that's just this guy's just he's hardcore into music singing it writing it playing it chuck berry no particular place to go okay Baby beside me at the wheel I stole a kiss at the turn of a mile My curiosity running wild Cruising and playing the radio With no particular place to go Riding along in my automobile I was anxious to tell her the way I feel And my, you know, like 40% of his songs sound exactly like that song. That was the other trick. That's the template. Yeah. He would, you know, the other songs pretty much replica that are replicas of that song. But, uh, you know, I, I, I enjoyed listening to, to that music whenever it came on the radio. Were there a lot of stations on your AM radio? Were there a lot of stations in the... In no, not really. There was like maybe five. And okay. one was oldies. Mm-hmm. Which would be playing Chuck Berry, and then one was like contemporary, mm-hmm. would be playing all the new stuff, and then one was kind of easy listening, which would play the Fifth Dimension. Okay. So there was always some variation that I would just surf surf through. I was not really, you know, I wasn't really biased either way. I didn't listen to a lot of easy listening, but yeah, yeah I, I, whatever was on the radio, you were, yeah, you're going to give it a chance. Look, I told my daughter, you know, there was no internet, the TV. At, at midnight, all, the whole TV cut off. There was no yeah, yeah, just, that, so you, Your radio was your best friend. Yeah, it's. Um, I was trying to explain to Rita. I go, if this pandemic happened when I was your age, 
I don't know what we would have done because all we did was go out and play. Yeah. You know what I mean? I go, there wasn't streaming. You couldn't just watch whatever you wanted. I go, during the day, it would be soap operas, game shows, midday news. I go, nothing. Yeah. Nothing. You'd have, I guess we would have had to read. Yeah. That's what I tell, I tell that to my kids all the time that, you know, you, you have no idea how, Mm-mm. What a desolate, <laughs> desolate childhood <laughs> feels like. Yeah. Uh, tell me about this. Ne- now you have, we have two versions of this next song. Yeah. Well, this is another example of the the of the being compelled by you know a story mm-hmm. in a song when you when you're a kid and you're listening to a grown up sing a song and you're like. Wow, what is he talking about? What the hell is he yeah. talking about? What the, you know, most songs are, you know, baby, baby, I love you. And yeah. You, honey. Ooh, Moni, Moni, Louie, Louie. Yeah, you hold my hand. But then you go down the, the rabbit hole with some of these lyrics and you're like, you just, you know, you don't, you're a kid. You don't know anything. You don't have any relationships. You don't have a girlfriend. So when you hear a song with such kind of an intricate plot line. Yeah you're kind of blown away. And this is another example of one of those songs that just when I heard it, I was just stunned. So which version are we hearing first? I, I think the Glenn Campbell version is, okay. is the, you got to start with Glenn. This will be the one that will be most recognizable to people. Yes. So this is by the time I get to Phoenix. And then we're going to hear a different version. By the time I get to Phoenix She'll be rising She'll find the note I left hanging On her door She'll laugh When she reads the part That says I'm leaving I've left that girl so many times before By the time I make Albuquerque She'll be working Yeah, so you're sitting there, it's, you know, it's one o'clock in the morning And, and you're, you're trying to figure out, what, what, what was <laughs> in that note? What you, did he say? You're laying in your bed, and this guy's singing about by the time he gets to, uh Phoenix, which you don't even know what that means. Where where is Phoenix and yeah. what what? And then uh, she's gonna laugh when she reads the letter that says I'm leaving. Well, why would she be laughing? Why would she when, be laughing when she gets a letter that says you're leaving? Why would that be funny? I, I don't understand what you're talking about. Yeah. So it's just it's an intriguing. You're just listening to it like it's a Hitchcock movie. You're trying to get to the bottom of what the hell he's talking about. Now you the, know? Yeah. And now the next version, I didn't even know this guy recorded this. Isaac Hayes has a version. This is from my dad. This is back to my dad's house again. Okay. He had, there was an album called uh, Hot Butter Soul, which essentially had four songs on it, two songs on each side. Because they're seven minutes long. Because they're 14 minutes long <laughs> yeah. each. And he, and he you know, does a lot. Of, he's had this deep, sexy voice. Yeah. And he would talk a lot. He would talk a lot, which talk, frankly, talk too much. Yeah, get to the it's like, niggas sing your song. Get to the song. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? So, uh, yeah, so so just go ahead and hit it, and, and we'll talk about why it's hilarious. All right. Mm-hmm. 
And these very words came into his mind. <laughs> Had to have a little talking. He said, By the time I get to Phoenix, she'll be right. For me, this is so, so soothing and so comforting. Uh, it is. It, it just, yeah. I remember my dad. It was my dad's album, and we, my brother Odell and I, would sneak down and uh, and listen to his records whenever he left, which was pretty much all the time. So uh, we would listen to this one. We didn't listen to this one as much as the Temptations because he, like I said, he taught. There's like this really long preamble. Before he gets to, it's really long. It's <laughs> it's ridiculously long. Yeah, yeah, and it makes you wonder, you know, how pop. Oh, he was so popular that he could get away with, because he'd done Shaft and you know the theme from Shaft and all that, which was a big hit album. Yeah. So he had enough power that he could go into a studio and do a song where he talked for twenty minutes, and the producers would be like, "Well, I guess this is what we're doing." Yep, he had the clout. <laughs> this is what we're doing. So, but it, but I still find it to be a really he has such a beautiful voice and it's so comforting. Uh, your brother's name is Odell. Yeah, I, my sister's name is Crystal. My brother's name, I have a brother named Odell, brother named Stephen, and a brother named Troy. Are these are is Odell named after someone? Or uh, he's he's actually the the offspring of my dad and his magical wife, his second okay. wife. Okay, okay. Uh, Crystal's my natural sister with my dad and mm -hmm. my mom, and then Troy and Stephen are my half brothers through my mom. Gotcha. Now I, they have two other brothers whose name I will not mention were my stepmom's boys. Gotcha. And they were. They they're still beating each other up. Well, one of them passed recently. So, but uh, the other one's still alive, and he was like the instigator of all the misery in the house. Okay, he was the, he was the Game of Thrones character. Now, here's a band that is not like everything else we've heard so far: the Beach Boys. This is yeah. This is another one that was on the radio in the, in the middle of the night. Yeah, and I this song's here because I, I again I was hypnotized. When I first heard it, I just couldn't. It was just amazing. The harmonies, the, the there's nothing like it. Yeah, and in know? the beginning, it's like a, I don't know if it's a harpsichord or what the the keyboard right. is at the beginning. It's but it, it is. It, so it, a lot of these songs, you have to imagine being a black boy who's brought up in a church where he didn't hear a lot of different music. Yeah, and then certain songs come on, and you just rivet it and. It's kind of scarred. And then how? Like you hear good <laughs> vibrations for the first time, like. How long is it until you might hear that song again? Well, at that point, it was really popular. It was okay, on the radio. So. It was on the radio quite a bit, but but I was there when it broke. I was, you know, when the, when they started playing it, and, and I was you know, stunned. Yeah. And even now, if you listen to it now, it's stunning. It's there's nothing like it. It's a great tune. Here we go. Let's listen. I love the colorful clothes. 
That's not a harpsichord, but I don't know what it is. But just that, yeah, I don't know what that is. There's a lot of stuff going on there. There's, nobody changes. Was doing, nobody was do, the Beatles were hot, and no nobody was doing what they're doing. You know, what I mean that, and that's innovation to to say, well, you know, we want to carve out a spot in, in the pop, you know, in the pop world, and these guys are, you know, ruling it right now. Right? How do we come in behind them and not? And he he did it. He came in with some stuff that was like, and I think the Beatles even said, you know. We were wondering what we were doing after listening to <laughs> Pet Sounds. Yeah. And I mean, and these are brothers too. It's a family. Yeah. You know, cousins and brothers. And I like, watched the movie about him and he went kind of, he went bananas after after a short, very short period of their success. I think he's still a little bananas, man. Yeah. Uh, so this next one, I remember this song because my mom would play this, Bobby Goldsboro. This, is, this song broke for me on... Uh, not so much on the radio. It broke for me on American Bandstand. I'll never forget sitting, um, watching American Bandstand at home, and this song. The, he, they had him on the mm -hmm. show to sing the song, and I was just, again, I was just, I was just amazed. I'm like, what are you talking about? What are you? What is he talking about? This is a sad one. <laughs> yeah, this is gonna make you cry, possibly. Yeah, it, yeah. And who sings like this? Who sings like this? I no one. I mean, it's just amazing to me. <laughs> this is not my girl. This is not anything by the Temptations. No, this, this is craziness. This is honey. See the tree, how big it's grown. But friend, it hasn't been too long. It wasn't big. No one sings like that. I laughed at her and she got mad. The first day that she planted it was just a twig. Now imagine knowing nothing about life and hearing the song going. When the first snow came and she ran out to brush the snow away so it wouldn't die. Sounds like she likes the tree better than her husband. <laughs> Just came running in, all excited, slipped and almost hurt herself. And I laughed till I cried. Okay, so I don't understand that. Why are you laughing when she almost hurt herself? She was herself? always yeah. young at heart. Kind of dumb and kind of well, smart. Well, that's not nice. And <laughs> I loved her so. No. <laughs> kind of dumb and kind of smart. I'm going to go downstairs and describe my wife. Is that? Kept me up all no. Christmas Eve two years ago. All right, we got a puppy recently, and it has been a nightmare. <laughs> it would sure embarrass her when I came in from working late, because I would know. I can't stop it. That she'd been sitting there and crying over some sad and silly late, late show. I just sat there with and my honey, jaw on the floor. I miss you. And what happened to this woman? She dies. <laughs> the final chapter is she drops dead and he's... What's, what's that? He's, he's stuck honey, with a tree. He says, honey, I miss you and I'm being good. And what's I'm that mean? Good. That means that... He's, know, not, he's not 
hooking he's, up yet? He's not, yeah. He's not quite hooking up? He's not going to the Kinkos and, and uh, meeting the copy girl. I don't I mean, know. I miss you, and I'm being good. How long does he be good for? I don't know. What do you think? I, I have no idea. It's the most bizarre song. And like I said. Number one hit. It was. And I, and I just will never forget. You know, there's some memories, particularly with music. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you might remember your first dish of certain foods. Mm-hmm. Certainly your first kiss, your first sexual encounter. For me, some of these songs are seared in my brain as as well as any of those. That's other. what music does. You just like, um, what the hell? Yeah, no one has sex to a movie the first time. <laughs> oh yeah, I had sex during The Godfather. What? Oh god. Yeah. So that that was that was one of the probably the first songs that just kind of <laughs> scarred me because I was like, what is he talking kinda about? Dumb and kind of smart. And then she dies. It's at insulting. The end. It's horrible. It's a horrible song. Why is this woman with him? She she almost slips. He laughs at her. It's a horrible song, but he sings it with such, it's such reverence, and he just sounds so sincere. Right. Yeah. But he's saying all these horrible things. Horrible things. <laughs> it's just, a, it's an amazing song. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We're revisiting The Temptations right now. This was another album that my dad had. In a mellow uh, mood. Yeah, this is a bunch of show tunes and whatnot by The Temptations, which is, I think, probably one of my favorite Temptation albums, start to finish. It's all basically show tunes, but uh, done Temptation style. Mm -hmm. Right. And and it's amazing. This is Hello. I don't know why. Hello, Young Lovers from The King King and I. This is from The King and I. Hello, Young Lovers. This is from The King and I. Hello, young lovers, whoever you are, I hope your troubles are few. All my good wishes go with you tonight. I've been in love like you. Young lovers, why don't you come on and follow your star? Be brave and faithful. And true, very close to each other I would have never guessed that was the Temptations. Like if you just played it for me yeah. and said, Who is this? I would have never known. How do you not feel better listening to that song? It's pretty good. It's pretty it's just so I've never heard that before. Bouncy and cheery and the harmonies are so uh just it's just a great song, great, great uh, rendition. It's a good pick. Thank you you pick some good you pick some good songs. Now, are any of these songs gonna? We don't have many left. Are any of these gonna make you think about your life uh, to the present? Are these all old timey? This is all growing up. This is all growing up. Yeah, I, I didn't. I never made it out of my. I, I think what I did was I made it to my teenage years. I made it to my oh, right. my uh, girl girly years, right up to the right up to the girls years, and then I stopped. Now, let me ask you this too. Now, I don't want to wait seven years to have you on again because you you might not be here. (laughs) 
by dumb. <laughs> as harsh as that sounds, it's probably true. <laughs> but it, if we, if we do another episode, what would you like to do? What would you like to talk about? What music would you like to play? I could probably get from from where this ends to today. You if can I, do. We can I do. A, we can do a part two. Yeah, we. If I came back, I could. T- I could certainly die, and I meant to. But I was just listening to the songs, and each and you, song carried me to another moment where yeah. I was stunned by That's music. Fine. I don't want you to like have to make a Sophie's choice on these. I'm glad you just kept this right. But All then right. there, there's other songs that like songs I played when I was courting my previous girlfriend before I met Jamie, mm-hmm. and then there's songs that I played for Jamie. Yeah. To, to try to get her to understand some things. And, and <laughs> now, when you hear those songs about the uh, the girls you dated before Jamie, you still think about those girls. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. There was there was really one girl before Jamie that I almost and I almost married her, and and uh, and we were together a long time, and I was crazy about her. But it just the wheels fell off. Do you stay in touch with an ex? You know, I was staying in touch with her, and then her she met a guy or got serious with mm-hmm. a guy, and she told me that he told her that she, she wasn't allowed to talk to me anymore. All right. Which I is, don't stay in touch with exes. I'm like, once they're, I'm like, it's done. Yeah. He bye said, bye. I can't talk to you. I was like, well, why were you telling them you were talking to me? <laughs> now, let me ask you this. Would he let her give you a kidney? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say no. Probably not. Probably not. Now, this next band, this is my favorite band when I was a kid. Jackson 5. Yeah, yeah. I was all about black culture when I was a kid. I had a Freddie Boom Boom Washington rug. Okay. I had a black G.I. Joe. I had a Willie Tyler and Lester ventriloquist dummy. You went really deep. And You went deeper than the average black kid. And I had all these Jackson 5 albums. Now... Here's what I'm wondering because we didn't have a video camera back then. But when I would when I would when I would play with that Willie Tyler and Lester puppet, do you think I was doing a black voice? I wonder if I was. I wonder if I was, Ted. Uh, you know what? Th- th- this is probably the scariest. <laughs> Wouldn't I have been trying to imitate it's, the voice uh, Willie Tyler was doing for my Lester puppet? Like a, uh, some kind of Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> I know. Who got you the goddamn Willie Tyler? I asked for it. And who got it? Who actually, my parents got it for me for Christmas? Just because a white kid asks for some shit, he, the average parent usually is like, no. No, Pat. My dad uh, worked with a black guy. His name was Jonesy. His, his last name was probably Jones. His nickname was probably Jonesy. And Jonesy's son was about my age. And Jonesy couldn't find a black G.I. Joe for his kid. So he had to get him a white G.I. Joe. And my dad was like, uh, Pat wanted a black G.I. Joe. So that's what we got him. <laughs> so... <laughs> So you want a black Jack Joe and they got you a Willie Tyler Lester doll? No, they got me both. I got both things. Okay, well, good. That that was confusing at the end there. I was like, they got you that instead of a G.I. Joe. That's pretty off off base. Yeah, that's there. not, yeah, that's that wouldn't be. <laughs> Remember that G.I. Joe you got? Here's a ventriloquist <laughs> dummy. Uh, they both have afros, so that's all I know. I, I can't, I'm surprised that your dad, you're from Pennsylvania. I'm, I'm not not that your family was bigoted anyway, but you wouldn't think that of Pennsylvania. Yeah, I know. Like no, it was uh, no, it was all everything was cool. Everything was cool. Um, I still remember that it had a had like a mustard colored turtleneck on that uh, oh, on Willie T- on Lester, and like uh, he had glasses. You know who? What I would love to see. I would have loved to see the salesperson's face 
when he when your father brought the thing to the counter, they probably had to order. Remember when you'd get the Sears catalog or the Christmas catalog, J.C. Penney's Christmas. They probably had to order it and okay. they would come in. Well, that's probably that's probably the only way you really got it. The only yeah. reason because if I don't have to stand in line with the blood, <laughs> <laughs> could it just be sent to the house? <laughs> Uh, okay, so this song by the Jackson 5, this is called Sugar Daddy. Yeah, I wanted to get something, you know, a deep cut, because a lot of people don't know this one. Yeah. This is the anti-Osmonds. Cincinnati, that's how far I'd crawl for you. <laughs> right. Uh, that's a kid singing that. <laughs> that song uh, highlights their harmonies more than the average Jackson 5 song. Yeah. The harmonies on, are real crisp there, and uh, Jermaine, and I think Jermaine and Michael should have sung so many more songs together. I think their voices complemented each other so well. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what happened to Jermaine's career. Like, I thought he was going to be... So did I. Really big. That first album, the first solo album, it did well, and and uh, I thought it had a lot he of was, good tracks he was, on it. Sur- he was really good looking, charismatic, good yeah. looking kid, but something when something I, went wrong. I know. When I would see the Jackson Five, it always cracked me up because Jackie looked like he was like you know twenty four, yeah. and then the leader of the band Six. Yeah, that's that's like, the, really <laughs> the only. Technically, if it was my group, I might have found a way to phase Jackie out because he just does. He sticks out like a so sword tall and just. He sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah, he looks like he's. He, he, what do I want to say? He looks like he's. Uh, he's there to chaperone everyone. <laughs> there, uh, uh, there's a lot of their clips from the Ed Sullivan Show on Facebook, and uh, and yeah, God bless him. He just towers over Michael, and but Michael's putting in all the work. Yeah, I I hope <laughs> uh, they're well off, right? Like Jackie and Tito, they have money, right? They're set. Right, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I hope don't, so. I, I, I don't think so. I, I think <gasps> that they, they're, they're, they're they're okay. But you know, Mike made all the money, and and they weren't they weren't nice to Mike. And part of the reason that Mike was kind of you know in the bad shape that he was in with his own appearance and and all that was because they were mean to him and they called him names when he was a kid and made fun of his nose. And yeah, I mean, no one's they gonna, weren't good brothers. No one wants to go see the Jacksons. You know what I mean. That's the thing. Now when you hear that they're they're on tour somewhere or they're playing somewhere in Vegas and you're like, you got to really yeah, I be mean, a groupie if you're going yeah. to listen to these guys. I mean, like, you're going to go see the Osmonds if Donnie and Marie aren't with them? And I, and I think that there's a situation where Randy was in the group and then I think Jermaine took his woman and married, his, <laughs> married Randy's ex-wife. There's been some craziness. Janet's well off. Yeah. But th- but that is an example of the craziness that the brothers have. Yeah, that kind of made Mike crazy too. Yeah, if you're gonna marry your brother's ex-wife, you—that's rough. It's crazy. As much as I love you, I would not marry Pilar if I, you know, some, I would just wouldn't do it. <laughs> now, Sly and the Family Stone, 
you show me a picture of, of uh, I know who he is, uh, you know, I know the name, but I really don't know this music. I don't know this band. My here's a story with Sly and Family Stone. My my mom bought us cassette players. My sister and I bought us cons- little mono cassette players. Yeah. When we were kids, this was like as we started to advance. So I outgrown this. That's a good gift. I remember when I got mine for Christmas. You were like, yes, this is what I wanted. She bought two cassettes. She bought my sister a Jackson 5 cassette. Okay. And bought me Sly and Family Stone, this this particular Sly and Family Stone. Okay. Which, for a kid, it's very sophisticated music. Yeah. It's very, compared to the Jackson 5. It's, yeah, the Jackson 5 sounds like uh, like bubblegum pop compared to very, Sly and the Family Stone. Yeah, um, on an emotional level, it's very rudimentary, uh, the Jackson 5. Yeah. It's Dr. Seuss. Yeah. And that's fine. It's, that's it's, fine. It's well-crafted Dr. Seuss. Right. Sly Stone is like Tchaikovsky as far as uh, what pop music and R&B and blues are. And so this was the hit song off the album that she got me while my sister was in her room listening to the Jackson 5. And this song is If You Want Me To Stay. This is me crying, weeping, literally weeping in my room listening to the song. If you want me to stay, I'll be around today to be available for you to see. I'm about to go and then you'll know to stay I got to be me You'll never be in doubt That's what it's all about You can't take me for granted and smile Come on, please, I'm gone Forget reaching me by phone Because I promise I'll be gone for a while When you see me again I hope that you have person he's still alive Sly yeah. Stone. And, and and it's a phenomenal album it is a phenomenal album start to finish it's a great great album with great music which do you remember do you know what this album's called because i have the i took the song from a greatest hits package oh god i've forgotten the name of the album i i i'm sad to say i'm trying to find it i'm just curious i forgot the name of the album but it's uh it's got quesarasara on it there's a version of quesarasara which is just heartbreaking and wonderful uh it's got so many good songs on it and and but i from from a kid's point of view it's crap if you're a kid, it's, <laughs> yeah, your kid, you want that Jackson it's, it's Five garbage. album? Yeah, it's just ridiculous, and you just like, Mom, I can't believe you did this to me. You couldn't buy both of us the same album. Well, yeah, I figured you guys wouldn't want the same album. Okay, well, <laughs> and then and like you want to borrow your sister's cassette, but she doesn't want to borrow the oh, sliced stone. Yeah, she wouldn't give it to me to save her life. No, she's and like, by, I don't at that, that point, there was at least two. The Jacksons had at least two albums, so yeah. buy one of each of the two it, albums. It's called Fresh. There you go. And he has him doing like a karate kick on the cover. On the cover, yeah, yeah, flying through the air. Yeah, it's like pretty a, cool. Yeah, yeah, it, like it, a superhero. Yeah, it's a it's a great album. And I remember seeing him on like the Mike Douglas show back then. Mike Douglas would have musical guests on for a it's week. So funny that those daytime talk shows had uh, had musical guests on. Yeah, it was just um, it was literally like a nighttime talk show, but during the day. Yeah, it would be on at nine o'clock in the morning. I guess like Ellen. I mean, if that's what we have to compare it to, sort of. Yeah. Uh, um, what else? Uh, I think Mike was just a little more sincere. <laughs> A little uh, <laughs> funkadelic. Uh, so this, yeah, this is like I went to my first house party, 
And they were, and is it like the movie house party? It is. Is yeah. it really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's, yeah, guys are standing on one side trying to get up the courage to talk to girls, <laughs> and then there's some there's some guys and with girls dancing in the middle of the room and working it out, and it's all right. It's hot and sweaty and funky and but yeah yeah so but this is one of the songs that they would play. Parliament was really Parliament Funkadelic was really hot at the time, so there was you know, uh, Sir Noah's Devoid of Funk was was a character from from Funkadelic. It was like a series of characters. Yeah, and they were all hilarious and had their own theme songs. It was like Kiss. Yeah, but for but for a black band. Very similar. Very similar. All right, One Nation Under gro- under a Groove, which is just a wonderful song. So I can't get around it. So low, you can't so get under it. So high, you can't get over so it. So high, you can't get over it. This is a chance. This is a chance to dance your way. Out of our constriction. Never heard that song either. You never? Oh, I don't think I have. Classic. That's like an anthem. Yeah, I don't think I've heard that. It's a classic. It's a great song. All right, so you have one more song left. It's going to be our playout song. Yes. So we're going to wrap it up, and then you can ramp this one up, and we will play out. I just remember I was, I was a teenager, and I got my own record player mm-hmm. uh, in my own room, and I went out and got this album because it was all the rage. Everyone yep. said, you got to have it, and I listened to every track, and I got to this track, and I was stunned and mortified. I was, I was, I won't say I was offended. I was just, again, it was just like, you just kind of stand there and look at your stereo like, what is he, what is he talking about now? What is <laughs> you know, my, my dad had Richard Pryor records, which we, my, we would sneak in and listen mm-hmm. to them. So this was like, you know, Richard would say some outrageous things that yeah. as a kid, you like, you don't even understand half what he's talking about, but you're just stunned that he's saying it. This was that type of thing where no musician that I knew was simulating a, a sex act on their record. Right. And you're uh, now you when you put a Richard Pryor album on, you're expecting salty language and he's going to talk about some stuff. But when you're listening to uh, music, you don't expect that to creep in there. Well, yeah, Lady Cab Driver by is, Prince. It's a happy little ditty up until a certain point. Then it becomes. Uh, what is he doing? What's what's he doing? <laughs> what's he doing? He's enjoying that lady cab driver. Because <laughs> it starts a lady cab driver. Da, 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 da. <laughs> oh, that's nice. I like that. <laughs> and then you know, and then, <laughs> and then boom. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, wait. So let's uh that'll be our playout song. So let's uh let's wrap it up and let's do some promoting. Your podcast is learning not, not to, to swear. swear. Learning not to swear. Uh, find it everywhere. You can find it everywhere. And uh, 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 look for the Ted Goes Flatline episode. It's hilarious and it's informative. 
You wouldn't think it would be hilarious, but it is. It's hilarious and, and, and informative. You you learn some things about the healthcare uh, industry. Yeah, uh, things you might not know. Certainly, things that I had to die to find out. <laughs> so, uh, but the podcast is basically about coping and and life and struggles and celebrations of of you know of trying to stay married and trying to be a good dad. All right, then it's it's uh, and if you're married and if you're a parent. Go listen. You'll learn something. It's coping. And if you don't learn anything, at least you'll know that uh, misery loves company. There there's other go. there's other people out there that are experiencing the exact same things that you're going through. Exactly. So it feels good to know you're not alone. Exactly. So you know where we're at. We're at Rock Solid Show on Twitter. You can go to RockSolidPodcast.com for all things about the show. And now, as recommended by Ted Lyde. We're going to hear a little bit of Lady Cab Driver. I don't know if we're going to get to this. Are we going to get it's to this all right. If, if, I'm sure anybody who's heard it knows where it, go, where it lands. All right. Here it is. Thanks, Ted, for doing this. Oh, my pleasure. We'll see you for part two. Got to have some prints on the list. <laughs> <laughs>